Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me! Fine, how you doing? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what?! Eight, four, I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. You have found the Barbecue Central Show. And we do it live here every Tuesday from 9 to 11. Podcast coming tomorrow, hour number one, Thursday, hour number two. I'll tell you about Friday here in a second. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snappy Snaps, Boing. slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook, where you can also find a video feed of this show, which is also archived immediately after we're done. So to come on this show, the embedded correspondence. Nothing more exciting than that. The ever-popular Embedded Correspondence segment, and we got a lot to talk about. So be sure to tune in for that if you're planning on tuning out for some reason. I don't know why you would do that. But just in case you're planning on tuning out, come back for that. This about is 13 Jim Minion from Two Loose Screws. I'm right. listening to Barbecue Central. Jim Minion. That's a name. I want to get into the weeds about sound testing yesterday, so I'll just relax on that. Coming up this Friday on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, episode 139, taking you back to August 26, 2014, where I was stuck up in the middle of competition barbecue roundtables. This one is ribs. So if you've heard the pork, and you've heard the Brixit, you've heard the chicken, ribs is next. Who's on the panel, you ask, in 2014? Three of the best Rib cookers out there in the country. Drew McNatt from Hogtide Barbecue, Scott Smith from Kewen, Stewin, and Bruin, and Dana Hillis, Big Papa's Country Kitchen. By the way, shout out to Dana Hillis, Florida barbecue legend. Multiple time FBA team of the year, Big Papa. What up, Big Papa? Does anybody even know those names anymore? Like, that's what I really want to know. Six years removed, does anybody know or remember Drew McNad or Scott Smith or uh, Dana Hillis? Anybody remember them? Man, Dana Hillis was badass. Also, let me remind you that if there is a segment or guest that you have a special feeling towards, email John a request and he will do his best to meet your expectation. Of course, in order to get the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, what do you have to do? You have to subscribe to the show. Yeah, that's right. So, if you do that, then Friday morning you'll get an alert and you can listen to the best moments and get on your competition roundtable. I just might bring back competition roundtable more for my entertainment than anything else just to see how things have changed over the last, I don't even remember the last time I did a competition round. I mean, it has to have been a couple of years. John, 
Any idea like what the most recent year of competition roundtables was? I don't recall right off the top of my head. So that's what you have to look forward to for the balance of the week. And then there's this. Uh-oh. Let me tell you something. I'm a very candid guy on the show. I openly share my successes, my failures. I tell you when I know something and when I don't know something. And the latter is usually more than the former. It's strings through the very fabric of this show. I try to be as authentic as possible. But otherwise, I am nothing but a poser and I am not going to be. Andrew, what? You are not the Right? I am not going to be a poser. Now, for a solid three weeks, I have been catching it from all sides in regards to this Chori Pollo dish that I am absolutely gaga for at the Mexican restaurants I have frequented. I haven't gone to any Mexican restaurants lately other than to pick up and take home, not dining in. I'm not doing that yet. If you're doing it, fine. I'm not. But I will when we're in the mood for Mexican. And again, as I've said a number of times as well, I'm not an overly huge Mexican fan. But if the mood strikes me and the girls want Mexican, I'm down for whatever. DTF, baby, 100. Um, I'll eat whatever. The question that I hate the most is what's for dinner tonight? I mean, shut up with that. You want to know what's for dinner? You make it. That's what's for dinner, pal. I'm getting off on a tangent. So I'll eat the Mexican. But I get the menu, I'll go online, I'll do the recio, the reconnaissance, or as I tell my daughters, the due diligence. And my hope is that if it's a new place, they have a chori pollo option on the on the menu. There was an unprecedented number of never had it submitted to me through instant chat last week. When I asked the general watching public if they had ever heard of this dish, I was certainly not a beaten man by any stretch, but I was certainly questioning the Mexican foods that I have been served in my allegedly authentic Mexican restaurant. Well, (laughs) lo and behold, at exactly 2.40 p.m. Eastern, or as we say in aviation, 14.40, Someone who asked to remain nameless, so rule number one of the show applies, sent me a top secret photo of a brand new taco at who, whose place? Sam the Cooking Guy. Not not tacos. You ever heard of that? Any guesses on what it was? Anyone? I'll wait for guesses. I happen to have a picture of it, if that might help you. Sorry to the podcasters, but this is why sometimes you have to tune into the show live because you get to experience this with the rest of us at the same time. What do you think this is? Hmm? What not not taco is that? This super secret not not tacos 
super sleuth also message me the name of this taco or at least the working name the name of course rhymes with something along the lines of chori pollo taco <laughs> sweet sweet vindication that's right don't come on this show and dump all over me and my pal from Minnesota about how chori pollo isn't even a real Mexican dish or that the owners of Coco Locos wouldn't serve said dish to their real Mexican friends. Meanwhile, you're going to serve it to all of your friends in San Diego. And of course you are. It's freaking delicious. Chicken. Cheese, chorizo, sausage. Come on. It's authentic as the day is long. And this time of year, here in Cleveland, the days are long and humid. Not 110 degree hot like Texas, but humid. By the way, special thoughts and good karma to anybody down in the Texas area that's going to get slammed up by no less than two hurricanes in like 48 hours. That sucks. Hopefully you're doing whatever it is you need to stay safe. Enjoy your Chori Pollo tacos, kooks. Because, quite frankly, you have me to thank for all that delicious chicken and sausage and cheese, maybe rice and beans that you're going to be jamming into your mouth. I don't know if this is going to be like a month special or if it's going on permanent menu or if it's still under test. So I guess the secret super sleuth test or text said it was a test. And trust me, I will be leading the next Sam the Cooking Guy segment off with this very take. You can take that to the bank. Oh, by the way, that's going to happen as soon as next Tuesday. Because it'll be the first Tuesday of the month. And as you listened last week, Sam said he would take this week off and then he would go right back into his normal position first Tuesday of the month. Unless, of course, he has some other 35, uh, 35th wedding anniversary to celebrate and decides to back out. Don't you dare back out. You come in here and own up. I mean, really. Insulting my... Mexican restaurant owners to the degree of saying that the dish that I am fond of is a joke. It's a fake just for the non-Mexicans that are eating there and that they wouldn't serve it to their real Mexican friends. That's a slap in the face to everybody. We will take it up next week. By the way, From somebody else who's an authentic Mexican food lover and expert and embedded correspondent, Doug Scheiding, saying, I'm doing it does sound good. You're damn right it sounds good. Hey, if you don't like delicious things, it's going to suck. If you love delicious things, it's great. All right, embedded correspondents are in the green room hanging out. I'm going to talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers. 
the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. Get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything on that website is approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. 13 perfectly balanced rubs and seasonings, sweet money, cattle prod, cash cow, regular money, Little Louis season salt, desert gold, double secret steak rub, hallelujah, jalapeno, La Cucaracha, the list goes on. They're all great. They have sauce, too. They own a sauce, Granny's Barbecue Sauce. You hear me talking about it every week. You want a no-brainer sauce out of the bottle that's going to pop the socks off everybody that tastes it? Get a bottle of Granny's. Dump it, heat it, and away you go. You want a great base sauce that you can then tinker with? Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Great base for you to be nimble with with your ingredients. They're also selling cookers, right? Of course. They have the Mac Two-Star General Pellet Grill, fresh off a refresh. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer, offering special packages nobody else can. Why? Because they're the exclusive dealer. That's why. If you're not a fan of the pellet cooker, whatever. Try the old Hickory Ace BP. It's charcoal-driven. Big Papa's got one on his competition trailer. Only one on his competition trailer, by the way. If you're not sure of what grill you need, call and ask questions, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. You can also shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. All right, the Embedded Correspondents are next. Stick around. We'll be right back. visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasance of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondence. Only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. This portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in two sizes with a host of accessories. Whether you're a beginner or professional or somewhere in the middle. Definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com. Tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you, won't you? They'll be happy to know that. August 25th, the fourth Tuesday of a month. And you know what that means. We have to go to the hotline and welcome back the Embedded Correspondents. Gang, we welcome you into August as we are racing through Q3 on the way to Q4. And we have a number of things to get after this week, not the least of which. Yeah. Now, hold on a goddamn minute. How did did some did I jumble the order of this sheet here, guys? Man, oh man, this is not the way I remember. Anyway, uh, can uh, just for my uh, uh, sake of uh, peace of mind, can everybody like quickly just sound off real quick? Doug, can you hear me? Howdy. Yes. Yes. And Rusty. Yep, I can hear And John. Hey, firm. All right. I'm uh, using. I'm utilizing that piece of equipment. I just want to make sure that even though my colors are the right colors, that we're actually making the connection. Because Derek scared the shit out of me, of course. We'll get punished later offline. 
Uh, let's quickly go around the turn here and answer this question. Uh, we'll start with John Solberg. You covering grills, John? Yes or no? Absolutely. The grills I own are covered. I even have a favorite line of covers. Oh, yeah? Absolutely. What? Uh, the classic success, the classic accessory veranda series. They're a taupe colored cover. They hold up better to the sun. You can get a good three or four years out of them. They're super affordable. You can find them at Amazon. What does super affordable mean to you? Uh, a 54-inch, say, Weber grill cover is $27. Oh, okay. A Weber Smoky Mountain cover, $19. Kamado cover in the $30 range. That is. Very, uh, what was the name of those again for everybody that's uh, listening? It is classics, the Classic Accessory Veranda Series. All right. Taupe. So what is that, like a, a light brown? It's yeah, it's a light beige. It has a darker bottom. They're all vented. They have lift off handles. They have drawstring oh, attachments. Nice. They're they're a, currently my favorite cover. So I cover so much. I know cover brands. All right. Well, uh, that's a yes for John uh, Douglas. You covering grills? Absolutely. And all my grills, except my gas grill, which I never use, is out exposed. All the other ones are either in my trailer. They're covered, you know, because after I contest, I cover them. The couple I have in the garage are covered, and the couple that I have on my back porch, they're all covered. Are you now a, interesting when I? Yeah, go ahead. Are you an anti-gas griller? Like you kind of just said how you don't keep it covered and you never use it. Like do you hate? No, on I do. It I do keep that one covered. Oh, um, oh, oh okay. no, it's it's a three. Th- it's a sore subject. It's a three thousand dollar grill. I never use it. It has rotisserie, what? and uh, my my wife wants to give it away or uh, sell it. So well, can no. we back out just for no, one no. second here? You have a three thousand <laughs> dollar gas grill. Before barbecue, there was gas. I did gas grill. What is and it? It's well, a Lynx like, gas grill. It's a, a Lynx. Lynx. Who are it's you, Stephen Reichlin over here? Oh, my God. And, you, so, and now my head is spinning. You said you do use it or you don't use it? Um, I, I use it to hold my grill cover. You don't use it? Wow. No, I don't use it Why? No, what? Just because you like Traegers that much and you don't use yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, heck, I can do pretty much anything I want to on the, the, the pellet grill. Damn. So um, I did. it has special meaning because I did build a concrete counter all the way around it. The grill sits inside of it. And we just had an argument this week about whether that was staying or going. And the uh, contractor said, I'll let y'all work that out. Oh, dear. <laughs> so th- is this thing on a cart and you built around the cart? Uh, no, it, it, it's designed so, to set in. It's a built it's in. It's designed okay. to set in. It's designed to be built in. Yes. Wow. All right. Well, uh, yes. look, I'm just telling you because I talked to one of my customers in my real day job who sold uh, his grill, not <laughs> nearly the. Uh, beauty dime piece that you have but uh, he sold it and it was gone within like two or three hours he got way more than he thought uh, he listed it crazily just on a whim but again, you're breaking up i can't hear you you can't hear me i'm just joking oh i'm just um, joking uh, i don't want to hear this story well i'm just saying <laughs> my wife may be listening to this show sometime <laughs> well the, you could here's what i'm saying you could in a pinch if needed right now Get a decent amount of coin for it and then go buy something else. I mean, I don't know. You're the one keeping it and she wants to get rid of it. (laughs) 
right? Um, yes, it's and it's primarily for the concrete countertop that yeah. I spent weeks uh, building. Yeah. Where is she now? So where is your wife at? Let's get her on the phone. Let's talk about this. Let's go ahead. Let's go completely <laughs> off the rails right now. All right. Well, maybe we'll do that next time. Wow, that is unbelievable. A Lynx grill. That's great. Uh, all right. So Doug is covering. Rusty, we'll end it with you. Are you covering grills? Yes or no? Hold on, Greg. Let me get my hate blockers on real quick. Oh, dear. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) Not always. Not always. Well, that means sometimes, though, right? Now, I do cover my cool, the ones I don't use a lot, but the ones I use all the time, I don't because I'm using them all the time. And when I get eating, I want to eat. But but not all the time. Like, you say that, but there's hours on end where you're actually not using them. Well, yes, and I don't (laughs) cover them. I want to eat. I get a little on the lazy side. It's like eating healthy. Sometimes you're awesome at it. Sometimes you're not, you know? No, you, and I have you do it or you don't. That's how you live life. You do it or you don't. I don't feel that way. I, f- I like living on the edge, you know, when I don't cover my The, my the grill, edge of being like- lazier than the next lazy guy? <laughs> yeah. I got to out lazy the next lazy guy. Wow. No, it's just, I just, you well, know, you, you're in a race up. with Meathead right now because that's why he said he doesn't cover it. He's too lazy. And then I believe he said, and I don't know if I made this out right, that he also passes out because he's too drunk some of the time as well. I don't know if I heard that correctly or not, but I think that's what he said. So I, I just don't get it. Like you, you take the food off the grill, you sit down and eat it. The grill's cool. You're not continuing to right. use it. How do, no. how hard is it to put a fucking grill cover on that thing that you that is giving you these great food? Like you won't pay it five seconds of respect? Like I don't get it. You're telling me you eat a huge delicious feast and you go lay on the couch for a minute. And you want to get your ass up and go put a grill cover on. Let me tell That's you something, you pal. I set a timer. That's what I do. And then when the timer goes off, I get my non lazy ass off the couch and go cover that motherfucking grill. And if you I'm think for one second stuff. that I am not that I am kidding, you can come and traipse through my backyard at any point, any time of the year, and all of my cookers are covered because I respect my cookers. Man, what the fuck is going on with you people? I've had enough of this. Start covering your grills, or I'm going to call the grill police, and we're going to just take your grills away like your kids. That's going to be it. I'm on fire. I can't believe it. So, Eat it. Eat it. Rusty, promise me you're going to start covering your grill so we can move on. I'm going to tell you that I'm going to try to do better. How's that? Wow. That's a complete that timer. That, that is a, a completely timer? bullshit answer, but I'll take it for now. Uh, look, okay. the main topic of this evening, which I can't believe we're about to talk about, is uh, was it a year ago that the, uh, that the, the uh, pitmaster Ramon subway brisket sandwich i mean it's coming around right i mean it's we're coming around a year and i think uh you know as we look back on that incredible venture into the barbecue sandwich game that subway forayed into putting up that completely weird picture of a pitmaster named ramon and we come to figure out who he is and where he works and it was all kinds of secret and uh, tim mckeska actually uh, gave me all the inside scoop on that whole thing and how I was able to break it uh, quicker than anybody else was. But um, then they doubled down on this barbecue sandwich about a year later and come in with a rib sandwich. Now, let's quickly go around the table. And as you think about 
barbecue sandwiches on a scale of yes or no does ribs ever make it into the barbecue sandwich rusty i'm a huge fan of mcrib i have emulated it at my house i'm a big fan of ribs and sandwiches hold on Jesus. you better get another set of those haterade glasses pal <laughs> holy moly uh so i mean just on the whole though you think of uh, i'm just when you think of barbecue sandwiches i'm not talking about any other fast food or anything but just barbecue sandwiches do you think of ribs you know to be honest i i actually do not so okay. i'll be fair all right uh john do you think of ribs when you think about barbecue sandwiches absolutely not a uh, doug never I don't either. So I think inherently that the whatever rib sandwich that is making its way through fast food from time to time is inherently a flawed project for those of us that are a little bit more engaged in the live fire arena. Now, for the uh, majority of ne'er-do-wells and malfeasance that traips across this country and I guess like Rusty who feverishly wait for McDonald's to release the McRib for whatever year that we're in. So you can, I mean, will you eat multiple McRibs, Rusty? Is that your deal? Yeah, I stock up. I, you know, I take the time to um, purge myself of all, you know, nasty things in my body and I'll eat 15 in one sitting. So let me get this right. You're purging yourself of nasty things in your body to then put the most nastiest and vile things in your body. Yes, I don't. great. Good job. Um, and so you're a fan of uh, the McRib sandwich, so I can't. We're, we're probably going to hold you last then for the review. But let's go to our embedded correspondent from Michigan. Uh, as we've determined that we're not necessarily thinking about ribs as being a sandwich, I think pulled pork. I would even think of a brisket sandwich, pulled chicken. Uh, John, your stellar review of the Subway rib sandwich, and don't hold anything back. I'm going to start on the good point. It is an extremely affordable Subway sandwich. How about that? In, in my area. 12 inch sub at $5.99. I don't think oh, there's probably anything cheaper on the menu. Okay. Yeah. I, I went with the 12 because it, it was four something for the six, and, and it gave me a chance to really dissect the sandwich. All right. Uh, the sauce is similar. It's, I'm sure it's the same sauce as a brisket sandwich. It's pure sugar. Uh, the meat itself, when you look at it, it has an orange tinge to it. Uh, has a very ground up, sawdusty type texture when you look at it. Um, I didn't taste much meat in there because it was covered in the sugar. And I just got the sandwich as corporate intended it to be, which I think was pickles and onion swivers and sugar. And um, I took like two bites of it, tore apart the other one to look at it. It all went in the trash. It all went in the trash that quick? Yeah. Wow. I mean, I tried to eat it. It was just like, I even carved up a few days prior because I assumed it was going to be a sweet sandwich and I didn't want to have that, you know, if you, if you don't eat a lot of carbs, you have a real sensitivity to sugar anyway. Hmm. So I trained for this exercise and uh, <laughs> it was, it was, it was bad, man. I was like, went to a nice park, sat on a table, opened it out, took my pictures and said, this meat is orange. <laughs> it's, a, it's orange meat. And it, it, it just didn't taste good to me. All right. So on a scale of... Oh, Jesus Christ. On a scale of, I don't know, uh, 1 to 10, 1 being the worst thing you've ever had in your life, 
and 10 being the best thing you have ever eaten, hands down, unquestioned. Where does this rate? I'm going to just be generous and give it a three. A three. All right. Very nice. Now we'll go to the longest running embedded correspondent here on the Barbecue Central Show, hailing from Texas, Doug Shiding, your unabashed review of the Subway Rib Sando. Okay. I, when Rusty comes up, I want him to rate the McRib, uh, first of all. Okay, it's my now, show, Steve. As it relates, go ahead. Uh, that's fine. It, wow, thanks. Oh, that was nice. <laughs> I see what you did there. I heard it. Okay. Subway. I'm a fan of Subway. As yep. we know, I liked the brisket sandwich. I yes. think I gave it a five or six last year. I think you did. Um, uh, in, similar to John, I said, make it how it's intended to be. To- he said, oh, it's got to be toasted, barbecue sauce, toasted on the bun, put some American uh, uh, Jack on there. And he heated the whole thing up. And I said, okay, you know, whatever veggies you want to put on there. I think you put jalapenos and onions and peppers and and uh, maybe a little spinach. And that's and how so he told I, you that corporate told them to make it? I said, make it the way you make it as most people like it. And so that's the oh. way he made it. Okay. Yeah. So a little different, a little different. I just said, make it the way that most people are getting it. And that's going to be good. And he said, okay. So he took over and I threw in the all jalapenos like John I'm five ninety nine. I I got the twelve inch. I'm like, oh okay. I'll I'll eat you know the half of it and save the other half for my wife. So I went home, or I actually went to my office. It was during lunch at work, and uh, uh, remember, I'm a fan of Subway, and this was the worst Subway sandwich I've ever had. What? Ever had. <laughs> yes, terrible. Wow. It was terrible. It, the it's terrible. Similar to John, my, my the, you know the it is a little orange in color. It's flat. It has. No flavor because I tasted the meat. I took two bites, spit out the second one, and threw away all the bread. the The meat is flavorless and it has the texture of breakfast sausage. Hmm. And so I was just like, Whew. so I uh, I took you know took the rest home. Had Jen taste it; she didn't like it either. But um, um, and I gave the rest to the to the animals out side like so. the, the wild animals outside to me not the yeah. cats yeah we've got fox we've got yeah no we've got fox we've got deer we got yeah we wow. got possums we got it all yeah nice all right so on a scale of one to ten uh, where does the subway sando rate two, two. <laughs> wow all right wow we're, we're I got to be honest, Doug, and I'm sure I'm also Peace speaking out. for speaking for John here. I'm a little shocked that you're dumping all over this. I thought you would have been at least yes. in that six or seven point range talking about how if you're really jonesing for some kind of barbecue, this would be a good alternative. John, are you shocked as I am? Totally. I would have lost this had we wagered. <laughs> yes. No doubt. Ramon did not cook that sandwich that I had. That's all I'm saying. No. Bring back Ramon. Yeah, where is he? He must have made all of his millions off of last year's brisket <laughs> sandwiches and uh, since retired from Sandler's or Sadler's or whatever the hell it is. All right, uh, Rusty, we go to you for your unabashed review of the Subway rib sandwich. <laughs> all right. To hijack the show just a little bit, yeah. the you know McRib is a 6 Dave. out of 10. So okay, the McRib is a <laughs> six out of ten. Yeah, okay, just so we're clear, let me refresh you on how the scale works. 
One is the worst thing you've ever had in your life. Ten is the best thing you have ever had in your life, unquestioned, unmatched, unsurpassed. And the McRib is a six? Out of fast food chain No, 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 no. That is not the scale. Listen to the scale. One is the worst. Ten is the best thing ever on the face of the earth. Where does the McRib rate? On it's a one point five then. How's oh, that? Oh, oh. Well, now 1. let's be honest. Are, are you being are you, are you being a funny guy? Like, do you think that's really where it rates? Oh, it really does because oh. just and it's just purely based on nostalgia. That's it. So the one point five. If I had to choose, that thing would get a zero in my book. It's terrible. <laughs> but you eat. But I used it? to love it so much because it just brings you back, man. You know, just brings you back to the times where you sat and ate the grip sandwiches. Yeah. All right. That's what you did. Now, uh, okay, so, let's talk about the Subway rib sandwich. Because there's probably a um, lot so, of similarities for you on this. Yes. Mm-hmm. And no. I am just like Doug. I love Subway. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, my, it's one of my favorites. I crave it all the time. I went in there with high hopes, thinking my people aren't going to let me down. And they pull out this weird cooking... Mm-hmm. It's weird looking, man. And so I thought, I thought it was like they're going to put it in the bowl of their shoe. And so they they put this thing in the oven and they, they put it all over. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. And they just slather in barbecue sauce. I'm like, okay, it's cool. I go out and eat it. And I I ate it all, let's just say that, but I did not enjoy it. It is a it is a 0.5 on the scale of, of that. And that's just being nice because I love Subway. It's a 0.5. Man, the more we go on, uh, John, you were at a, at a three, right? Yeah, that teaches oh. me to be generous. But oh. you know, do, do you want to do you want to revise? You're you're fine to revise. No. Well, I, my initial way I was going to go with the two. I was just trying right. to be decent because my goal scale to be. You thought you were going to be much lower than you are now. You didn't realize that Doug was going to be. I lower. didn't realize I'd be. <laughs> and then, I, I didn't realize be I'd be winning. I, I am completely <laughs> blown away. I thought that Doug and Rusty were going to be in the six and sevens. Um, to to hear. Point five, and it's it's you're just doing that because oh hold on sorry lost track of time because we're going crazy uh, that, uh, that that because you're just a fan of Subway you're going to a- allow them that goodwill they've banked with you the half point that's half. that is that is insane all right uh, I'm gonna put you guys on hold here just for a second then we'll come back I'll get my review in and then we'll tackle some other objects as well so stand by. And we're talking with the embedded correspondence. Of course, it is the fourth Tuesday of the month. I'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. That's right. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market right now. Recently, all by myself, I put together the prime Jim Boo or Daniel Boone, and I did it. So that's number one. If you get it and it's not put together at a dealer for some reason, or you get it offline, or, you know, I mean, typically they're not sending them to you via pallet, but I had to put mine together. So, uh, as we as we know, you knew. I'm not handy. If it involves tools, even if you include them in the packaging, there's a really good chance it might take me five times longer than it says the uh, assembling directions are going to be, Okay. I put it together in less than an hour. I even made a mistake right off the bat. It didn't hinder the assembly project at all. I was able to, you know, muscle up and get things in. So that was great, number one. 
you do have a couple different lines to choose from. You have a choice line, which is the original. You have a prime line, which is the one that I just put together. I can tell you from owning both sides, the prime is heavier duty. The wheels are bigger. It's got the storage shelf on the bottom. It's got the front uh, storage shelf on the front. The handle is more robust. It's just a heavier piece, okay? It's got the peek-in windows on the cooking chamber and in the pellet hopper. I will tell you this. That cooking chamber window uh, blackened up in like one sec. I knew that thing was going to be a problem. Those are bad ideas. Let's get away with that. Jason, let's remove that next revision to the Prime stuff. Uh, It's just not going to work. Outside of that, the thing performs absolutely great. If you want to save a couple bucks, if you don't need Wi-Fi technology, then get the Choice Line stuff. You can still get the same size Jim Bowie's and Daniel Boone's as the Prime. They just don't have some of that extra tech stuff. You can save a couple hundred bucks. If you got the extra cash and you want the tech and you want to run on your smart device, whatever that is, then fine. Get the Prime. You're good to go. You got two different internal meat probes. You have all the other stuff that I just talked about. You're off and rocking. No matter what line, get the pizza oven. You're going to love it. One of the fans of my show just emailed me earlier and said that they're a huge GMG fan. They have the pizza oven insert. And aside from pizzas, they also use it to roast vegetables. And I said, hey, not only vegetables, try doing a steak in that bad boy. High heat, right? Absolutely. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Rub sauces, accessories, and or otherwise. Also find the dealer list on there. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. We're back with more embedded correspondence. Stick around. We'll be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. And we're brought to you by Smithfield this time around throughout the grilling season. Look for recipes as well as tips and tricks from world champ pitmasters like Chris Lilly, Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, and Charles Cridland. With mouth-watering flavor and no artificial ingredients, Smithfield Fresh Pork, quite simply, some of the finest pork money can buy. It is the trusted choice of world champions for use at home and on the competition circuit. Smithfield.com. I just had a couple of their pork tenderloins for dinner. I, I do a lot of pork tenderloin eating. As I said last week to Stephen Reichland, I think uh, pork loin and pork tenderloin are highly underrated and the value is extreme. So we uh, continue along here as uh, we're with the embedded correspondence here this evening. So Rusty and John and Doug weighed in on the Subway rib sandwich. Uh, now it's my turn. Uh, I will tell you that I am giving this sandwich right out of the gate a one, a solid one. It's really one of the worst things I've ever eaten. And it really falls in line. Like the, the thing that I talk to my kids about, the thing that I try to manage every day at my real job, the thing I try to manage when I'm talking business here on this show is the managing of expectations and where your biggest issues in life in general come when there is missed expectation in your personal relationships, in your business relationships, what have you. Somebody's expecting one thing, you give them another, there's disappointment, now we have a problem. Well, I went in with the expectation that this sandwich is probably going to be crap. And guess what? The sandwich was crap. 
Expectation met. Everybody's happy. Like Rusty, I went in and ordered, uh, I just went six inch because there was no way I was going to, even if even if the other six inches was free, it was six inches that I knew I wasn't going to eat, but I did uh, opt for six inches. It was on traditional white bread, and I got, uh, they took it out of the refrigerator, and it looked, Rusty, am I kidding here? I mean, it looked like a McRib, right? I mean, it's had that processed pork press with that stupid topographical rib on it, right? It did. And it, it looked like, I think, worse. At least a McRib looks a little like a rib. You know, they put indention, indentations on it, you know? Yours, your it Subway didn't have indentations? No, that oh. looked like, it literally looked like something I put in my shoe to, you know, oh, keep like my a, feet Like soft. an orthotic. Okay. Uh, John, did yeah. yours have uh, fake ribs? It did on yeah. one side. Okay. Yeah, mine did too. Uh, so I thought right off the bat, uh, you know, McDonald's and Subway. Does McDonald's own Subway or one or the other? Or was there some type of business there back in the day or something? like that? Anyway, uh, I thought there was some cahoots maybe going on because there was a lot of similarity to my Subway rib sandwich and the McRib, which I have uh, seen uh, any number of times, of course. So I was immediately shook when I saw it and then it went onto the plastic or the uh, uh, paper boat into the microwave where it was in there for at least three minutes, probably on high. And when she opened the door, the volume of steam that was escaping was incredible. So that thing was beat before it ever had a chance to get on the bun. Oh, in the meantime, during those three minutes of gently reheating the rib sando, she doused both sides of my six-inch bun with no less than nine pounds ah. of barbecue sauce. I didn't ask for barbecue sauce, but all of a sudden it was on. Like, okay, well, this is the way that people do it. I didn't do any cheese. I did the pork. I did lettuce, light lettuce, and uh, some jalapenos and some banana peppers. And that was it. And the first bite was... As spongy as it gets, and the fifth bite was as spongy as it gets. There was zero rib flavor shining through at all. There was a pronounced liquid smoke barbecue sauce, which sucks. The saving grace were the incredibly hot jalapenos that were at least burning some of the crap off of my palate like a fire cleanser. But this met crap expectation beyond compare it was exactly as bad as i thought it was going to be i feel bad for the rest of you that i tasked all of us to do this but i guess in some way that it is our responsibility to make sure that we have our finger on the pulse here i would easily say and we'll quickly go around that the brisket sandwich from subway uh, rating the rib and the brisket sandwich against each other the brisket sandwich is a solid 10 as compared to the rib sandwich. John, your ratings. Yeah, I'm going with that. The brisket yeah. just stomped all over this oh, yeah. rib. And and just quickly, you know, this is the third attempt that Subway's made at this rib sandwich. First was in 98. Second was in 2018. And now in 2020. John, so they've had three times the to still not, ah, look at this guy. still not get it right. Can't get the it 2018 right. 2018 was a limited market. Mm. The, the 98 run was an attempt to make a play at the McRib. Wow. Uh, Doug, how do you compare the two? Uh, brisket running away? 
Oh, absolutely. Any other sandwich at Subway would run away. So the the good news is, is that this thing ends in September. The bad news is it ends in mid-September. It needs to end at the end of August. It needs to end in about 15 minutes from now, top of the hour. Uh, Rusty, I assume you had the Subway brisket sandwich at some point last year. How do you rate these two compared to each other? I would eat the brisket one again. You know, I would never eat that rib again. I wouldn't do it. No way. All right. So that's how it Yeah. So brisket's better. All right. So I believe what we're saying here, folks, to everybody listening that hasn't tried it yet, do your best to run like hell away from this sandwich. Get the veggie sandwich. Hell, get the imitation crab sandwich. Get the steak and cheese sandwich. Get any other sub there. Get the 47 day old tuna salad sandwich for crying out loud. I mean, anything is better than this. It's, it's a travesty. All right. Speaking of travesties. Let me pull up the trusty video, make sure I got the right screen here. And I remember talking to a young Rusty Monson uh, a mere month or so ago talking about uh, social distancing and state cook-off associations and things of this sort. And wouldn't you know, this weekend, lo and behold, this video surfaces. <laughs> what up, y'all? Richfield. Look at these cats around me. Look at Jerry. Oh, Agnes. my gosh. Oh, look at Dude. Where's Rusty? Uh, hey, Rusty. Way in the back. All right, look. What the hell am I looking at here? Is First of all, is this the Anthony Lejean shooting this video? Obviously. Yes. Okay. You know, if it was my video, this would be a much clearer. <laughs> much, much clearer. <laughs> yeah. It would just, everything I touch is clearer. Right. Um, this is pretty and clear. And it would, you know, we would find out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. All right. Obviously, that would be uh, Here's, this is a steak competition, right? I mean, we're, I'm singling you out, Rusty, but I mean, you just happen to be here. And I don't have anybody else to talk to. Um, and, oh, this is your partner in crime doing the, the Pitmasters podcast stuff, uh, doing the live. So, you're putting yourself across the train tracks here. Uh, this is a steak cook-off association event? It is. And yeah. where is in this Richfield, at? Utah. Richfield, Utah. It's Richfield, like, Utah. Right smack dab in the middle of Utah. All right. Um, if you're just tuning in here, uh, please just look at Wait, the amount of people back here. There with Rusty. Now, yeah, my son's right back I there will there. say that I do see... Uh, uh, at least the people in the line here. I do see uh, quite a number of face masks. Uh, John, you see a number of face masks here as I do this. Uh, Doug, you're seeing. I, I don't. Want, I mean, if you're li- if you're just listening to this, I want to make sure this is just not my word for it. Doug. You're seeing the same thing I'm seeing. More right? than I expected. More right. than I expected, actually. Yeah, what I'm not seeing Lots is anybody masks. fucking distancing at all. Zero distance. In fact, it appears that everybody said, "Hey, everybody, get up on each other's ass and let's be as close as possible." Um, I, I'm I'm fascinated that this is how this event took place. So, what changed from the the pit stop SEA event a month and a half ago, or whenever it was, to fast forward to this past weekend, and we have basically uh you know a decent number of face coverings, but everybody's just like a, a it's like a free for all here in the stake line. Well, we started out with everyone having masks, walking over, getting 
you know, in line and everyone had a mask. And then it, we were given the option not to wear one. They said, in fact, everyone take off your mask and get up and everyone is everyone else's asses, which is a direct quote. <laughs> and, no, they didn't. He's kidding. Lest and, you think he's serious. They did not say that. I was totally kidding. She did not say that at all. They, they said that it was optional. So I, uh, I wore mine because I like to wear mine because I don't get an opportunity to wear the, you know, cool Western bandit look very often. Right. So I was totally fine doing that. But most everyone took theirs off when given the option because it was hot. It was, you know, it's 100 degrees in the middle of Utah in the desert. So everyone was ha- more than happy to do it. Look at this. So, yeah, I mean, we were giving everybody's just stuff. around each other right there. And wow, we. Uh, that is something. So, given the uh, given the option of wearing or not wearing, you would say, you know, let's say by and large, the the majority of people decided to uh, unmask at that point. Yeah, it was pretty quick. Yeah. Most people did. So it was like, oh heck yeah, swamp, and then they all went off. And then, uh, if so. it was like sixty degrees or seventy degrees, do you think more people would have kept it on, or am I just fishing for hope? You're fishing for hope, but you're not wrong. It probably would have been a little bit more, a mm. little bit. Yeah. So no, I don't think anyone's fans of wearing the mask and when given the opportunity not to, they choose not to. Yeah, of course. That uh, experiment. I certainly understand that. Um, did you find that over the course of the competition that uh, people were mostly around each other as it were, let's say a year ago, or I mean, did people try and at least keep some distance here and there? Um, you know, I would say most of the time, most of the case, no one really cared. I like to stick, keep my distance. There were people that were obviously keeping their distance and trying not to be around people. When we were in line to get steaks, that was the, that wasn't the most prevalent time. But when we got back to camp, everyone pretty much stayed, you know, apart. And you, there's some people that would just trail off and have their little conversations. But if you looked out into the field, most people were keeping their distance, but there was no mask being worn and turn-ins were gloves and no one really wore masks for turn-ins either, which is normally something they would do. So that was an option as well, which everyone chose not to do. Mm-hmm. So including myself. So, um, yeah, that was, it was a little, it was a far departure from yeah. a few months ago in Lehigh, Utah. I mean, so personally, far- are, you, are you okay with that or did it creep you out a little bit? I'm just asking you, I mean, there's no right or wrong answer. No, I, I don't care if people, um, you know, wear them or not. I choose to just because I don't mind wearing it at all. So, you know, that's my choice. That's what I do, but I don't care. I don't mind. It doesn't bother me at all. Uh, Doug, does it bother you? You weren't there, but I mean, just looking at it, does it bother you? Um, yeah, I, I'm not going to contest right now. Well, first of all, IBCA is not, um, you know, sponsoring any or, you know, uh, judging any. Yeah, they're not sanctioning any, but uh, Lone Star is having some, and and a lot of Texas cooks are going to KCBS up in Oklahoma and going to you know driving a long way to to go to cookoffs. But no, I'm not going to cookoffs for a while. I mean, I know one barbecue. Yeah, I don't know if he caught COVID at a barbecue contest, but yeah, he died uh, within four days of getting it. So, um, nope. All right, uh, John, are you uh, concerned at all about this or or what? Well, you know, I'm of the opinion that if you're going to wear a mask or you're not going to wear a mask, that's your deal. I'm wearing a mask. And if you're not wearing a mask, I'm getting fucking six to eight feet away from you. <laughs> I don't care what you do. Just don't get in my space. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's like, uh, I just don't want to be around that. Uh, I'm, you know, I see some people in the 
chat saying, hey, it's face masks if you don't distance. Um, I prefer to wear a face mask, and I also prefer to distance on top of that just to be safe. And, and again, uh, I, I'm, I think I'm in pretty good shape. Uh, I, I'm a pretty healthy guy. I eat good, exercise, blah, blah, blah. Um, my, uh, my want to distance and face mask is I don't want to be the guy that brings it to somebody else just in case they're compromised or aren't nearly as uh, in good a shape as I am. So that's uh, just my thought on that. Uh, we're rapidly running out of time here, so let's go ahead and make a new prediction because we are very good at predictions here on this show. Uh, we've seen the Jack Daniels get thwarted by COVID-19. We also saw Memphis and May get thwarted recently. We just saw... American Royal, which really gave it a, a good, we're going to do it, but they didn't end up doing it. Well, what's up next? A huge food sport event in Dallas, Texas, called the World Food Championships. is going to be happening in uh, at some point in November, I think is when the dates are. But uh, if I believe correctly, there was a September 1st drop-dead date that... Um, Carol Miller might have mentioned, uh, I don't know if she mentioned it on my show or if uh, it was mentioned somewhere else. So let's go ahead and uh, arm ourselves with this information that I've just said and then go ahead and make prognostications, uh, much like Puxatani Phil does every February 2nd. Uh, Steve, uh, Steve, Jesus Christ. Uh, Doug, let me ask you a question. Man, I can't believe I just said Steve. Man, I, I tried to hijack this show once. Uh, no, once. That, was, that was an honest <laughs> slip there. I apologize. Doug, uh, your That's thoughts. That's twice tonight. I know. You know, uh, I'll tell you why. Uh, you know what? I don't even want to tell oh, you why. Boy. Anyway, let's yeah. try again. Yeah, 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 Doug, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go okay. ahead and you tell oh, me. me. Yes, you tell me, me Doug. Uh, zero or 100. Zero is it's not happening or 100 is World Food Championships is happening. I'm going to go with zero. We go to the Michigan embedded correspondent, John Solberg. Zero for no or 100% yes. Based on the drop dead date of September 1, it is zero. Zero. A guy who is not afraid to wear a mask when everybody else is all up on everybody else, Rusty Monson. What do you think the chances of World Food Championships 2020 taking place? As you know, I want to kind of do a double or nothing, you know, with John just to get, you know, my $4.99 back. And so I badly want to say yes. Yeah. But I haven't paid for it, even though I am going. I am part of, I'm cooking it. And I have to say zero. I have to. And that, that hurts. Wow. Damn. Well, then. As I said in the promotion of me at the top of this very show in the first hour, I'm going to take the contrarian position. There is a 100% chance that World Food Championships is taking place. I think in some form or fashion, Mike McLeod will flatly refuse suggestion, recommendation, law, martial order, or you name it. And he will stage some kind of World Food Championships in 2020. I'm going on record saying it right here, right now, where I thought all the other barbecue competitions was fun to talk about and no way that they were actually going to happen. I can't think of a better reason 
than just saying two words, Mike McLeod. He's going to will it to happen. I don't know what the fallout of that is going to be, but but I think that that is actually going to happen for some reason. I will go back around the dais one last time for a potential rebuttal or answer change. We'll start with Duck. I will say one word. Yes. Walmart uh-huh. sponsors. <laughs> yes. Sponsors. Right. Liability. Walmart. Right. Okay. So that's three words. So so you're saying, oh, wait. So we're back to zero, right? Zero. I'm <laughs> saying zero. Zero. And it's because the, no liability. he's got sponsors. Unlike the Royal that has a large ticket, you know, a, a large gate, yeah. World Food Championship has to rely on sponsors for money, and sponsors are not going to be liable for right. it. Uh, Rusty, do you want to change, or are you good with your answer? I'm good just to say my the biggest reason is because it's Texas, man, and Texas is getting plummeted right now. Yeah. So September 1st, if it was later than that, I'd say yes, but not September 1st. John, rechange, or you're good? I'm good with it, and that's the difference between a for-profit business compared to a non-profit organization. That's right. All right. Uh, this is the embedded correspondence right here on the show. We didn't get to 85, oh, well, as I look at it, maybe even 90% of the stuff that we have on the list, but it's all evergreen stuff that will transfer over to next month, and you can find these guys right here on the fourth Tuesday of the month. Before I let you go, guys, uh, quickly pimp whatever you have going on. Rusty, what's going on? Um, nothing, man. I go into Lake City to do a comp in a week, and like I'm getting a new competition trailer, so I'm really pumped about it. All right, and so, uh, yeah. I will go ahead and do it for you. Also, listen to the Pitmasters podcast available wherever podcasts are listened you, to. You don't have to listen to it; you can just download it. Just download it; you don't have to listen. Well, so. I mean, for in order for it to count as a download, they do have to listen for a certain period of time. So, at least listen for like listen ten minutes. Listen for 10 minutes. All right, uh, John, anything we're uh, promoting, pimping, and or otherwise? The best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, which I will ask you to listen to. Yes. This Friday, we're going to carry on with our August roundtable roundup, going through the month of August to get through all four meets. All right. And Doug, what are you up to, pimping or promoting? Uh, follow me on Rogue Cookers on Instagram. I'm doing a Traeger private table brisket class, Ooh. middle of September. Uh, I will be up on the Pitmaster podcast uh, in a few weeks, baseball and barbecue podcast in a couple of weeks, and I'm doing Head Country Instagram Live in a, in a week or two. All right. Doug is making his social media rounds. Good for you. Uh, these are the embedded correspondents. We have Rusty Monson from the great city of Utah. We have John Solberg from Michigan and the longest-running embedded correspondent, Doug Scheiding from Texas. There they are, ladies and gentlemen. Love it. Just turned me off. And I think I got their volume under control, too. Very good. And this this thing is a pretty nifty piece, if I do say so myself. All right. Uh, we have to do this piece of business first before we get ready to run out of here. Uh, the Barbecue Guru, right? Absolutely. Makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. Believing outdoor cooking can be fun and easy because it is, especially with two different pieces, a barbecue guru controller. You can put that right on the monolith ceramic cooker. It has a built-in power draft fan. So now if you already have a guru controller, you just hook it right up to that monolith. Away you go. No problems. 
You can look at all the other controllers that they have. You can buy another grill that they have. If you don't like ceramic cookers, you want something a little bit more traditional or cabinet style, they have the shotgun that works with all the uh, Barbecue Guru controllers, of course. If you have any questions or you want to ask them the best unit for whatever cooker that you have, give them a shout. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. You can also visit their website online, barbecueguru.com. That's bbqguru.com. And don't forget, uh, Bob is selling rubs and sauces at the Having a Barbecue. The wing sauce is great. Uh, the barbecue sauces are really good. Uh, Matt, Mad Maddie's Steak and Brisket Rub is really good. A lot of great products going on over there. So check out the barbecue group. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. And this portion of the show being brought to you by The Smoke Sheet, a weekly newsletter that keeps you in the know on everything happening in the barbecue world. Go to bbqnewsletter.com and sign up there. A great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. Thanks again to the Embedded Correspondents for joining me last segment. As always, if you're a fan or the first time that you've ever jumped into the live show and was wondering what the hell just happened for the last hour, that's the Embedded Correspondence segment. Fred Sanford saying, Greg, can I send you a gift card to Subway to try the rib sandwich again? Negative. It is bad, really bad. Head for Z Hills. Kind of bad, actually. All the way back in the first hour, Chris Schaefer from Heavy Smoke Barbecue. HeavySmokeBBQ.com is website. Don't forget to check out his food truck as well. Rave reviews, as I was seeing in the chat as we were talking. And he is winning quite a bit right now on the competition circuit. So watch out if you're going to be in an event where he's at. And chances are, if you're competing right now, you're probably going to do that. Also, thanks to Derek Riches, the fourth Tuesday of the month regular first hour guest. And to the embedded correspondents Doug Scheiding, John Solberg and Rusty Monson they will be back the fourth Tuesday of September big show planned for you next week Malcolm Reed will be back in Sam the Cooking Guy will rejoin in his first Tuesday of the month second hour slots plus much much more Rebecca King will be on in a month Rebecca King, google her that's going to be fun September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. <laughs>